You guys want to hear an epic tale? How epic? I'm ready. I tell it in my epic tale voice. Epic Please. Uh, there's other people around, though, and I think okay. they can hear me, so I'm, I'm feeling a little shy about it right now. Let it go. The opposite of it. Listen, and you shall hear the tale of two guys in testosterone therapy. One guy got amazing, life-changing results. The other, none. Nothing. Not a zip, zero. Bupkis. In the telling of this tale of tea, we hope we can help all men learn why tea works for some guys and not others. Was that epic? That's epic. Who uses the word bumpkiss anymore, though? (laughs) This is Who Cares About Men's Health, providing information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. And today, to tell the tale of tea are the Who Cares About Men's Health players. I am Scott, and obviously, I bring the BS. Balancing my BS with his MD is Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm not part of the tale of tea, but I'm excited to learn more about it. But your name begins with tea. Oh, that's oh. Okay. okay. Twist. Producer Mitch is also in the mix. Hey there, I didn't know we were players. I kind of like that. And uh, Dr. John Smith is from the Division of Urology at University of Utah Health, and he's going to talk us through testosterone therapy and our tale of two different guys with two very different experiences with testosterone. Dr. Smith, as always, it's great having you on the show. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Um, by the way, your shows that you do with us are quite often the most listened to shows, and I don't know if it's because the topics you talk about are just really that interesting to people or if it's because you have lots of family members, but I don't care. (laughs) It doesn't matter to me. We Smiths are a large clan. You know, there's kind of this implied thing and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think it's a lot of guys that testosterone, you know, is kind of a cure all for men who are suffering from fatigue or struggling to lose weight or struggling to put on muscle mass or their sex drive is reduced. Um, you know, so it's kind of like all guys should be on it. Right. But we've talked about testosterone on the show before and testosterone therapy, and it's not a magic bullet. It works for some guys and some guys it doesn't necessarily work for. Um, the only time it's a magic bullet apparently is if you're Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to hear, we're going to hear about his pretty amazing story with testosterone. And then on the other hand, we're going to hear about my experience that I had with it that I haven't really talked about on the show because I had a hard time putting it into words and figuring out what that story was. But after hearing Mitch's story, I figured out what my story is. And I think in this process, we could kind of learn a little something about testosterone therapy, that it's not this universal cure-all. And Dr. Smith would back that up, right? It's just, it's not a universal cure-all. Like the ads would have you believe. Well, and and I think a lot of it depends too on your patient selection. A lot of guys come in because, you know, they hear about a guy like Mitch, where it changes things for them. Their life is you know, great there, you know, they have a lot of uh, benefit from it and they go get their testosterone checked and they may not even have low testosterone. It may be something else. And so you do see a relative uh, benefit for some and not others uh, based on, you know, lab results and other things. Yeah. Um, so you, you, back in episode 102, Dr. Smith talked about how Maybe, though, some guys with low testosterone might slip through the cracks because their doctors aren't necessarily familiar with hormone therapies or they're you know, not comfortable with them, as, as opposed to Dr. Smith, who's studied this, has put in more time as an expert, not saying anything bad about anybody else. It's just that you know, he's had a lot more experience with it. So that conversation um, made Mitch seek a second opinion that's made a huge difference in all aspects of his health. And I think this is a great chance to hear Mitch's story, what he was struggling with, yeah. and then... Yeah, the process that he went through to finally get on testosterone therapy and find out how that's impacted his life. And I think it's a great story of how testosterone therapy can help some men 
and how you also kind of need to be an advocate for your own health. Sometimes you have to kind of work through the system. So Mitch, tell us your story. It was very interesting. The recording of that particular episode was like smack dab in like the middle of a year long struggle with some really, really severe fatigue. Right. And we're talking physical, mental. It was just every day I was just tired. I was dragging myself. Right. And it was I felt it in my joints. I felt it in my brain. And it just kind of kept getting worse and worse. And, you know, I we talk about on the show like, oh, hey, yeah, get more physical activity, change your diet, you know, and I'm if you're so tired all the time, like the idea of getting up and running for 30 minutes, I'd be completely worn out for the rest of the day. Like I would just be that physically exhausted. And it was even my, like my therapist, my mental health person who was saying, Hey, like you're obviously not doing the work that we're doing every week because you're so tired. You're so out of it. You, you, you know, we can't help pull you out of whatever's going on if you're this out of it. So after kind of talking through it and just struggling with all of this, I decided to go to my PCP and I told him, Hey, I'm dealing with some severe fatigue. It's been going for a very long time, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, Hey, what, what could be wrong? Right. And so he did a whole bunch of panels. We ruled out things like diabetes and all these other conditions, like took tons of vials of blood out of me and um, they all came back normal. Right. And he kind of said, well, why don't we try some lifestyle changes? So I tried, I, for a month, for months, I was, I was doing healthy meals every day. I was going to bed at a certain time. I was trying to drag myself out of bed every morning just to go on a little jog or do working out. I was doing everything I possibly could, but I I still was tired and I was putting on weight. And even when I went back and I said, Hey, like I've tried the things and I'm, you know, I don't mean to like backseat doctor. I'm just a podcaster, but like, I, you know, (laughs) I, I just, I have a feeling that something else is going on. I'm not lying to you. I really am doing all the things I think I'm supposed to. And the response was to, um, prescribe me antidepressants. Um, the, there was such a confidence in my doctor that it must be something mental that's causing my exhaustion. And I took him at face value. So I, went and I took the antidepressants. I tried it out and had kind of weird emotional swings for a week or two. And um, I don't know, it still wasn't going away. And about that time is when we recorded the episode. And if if there's any like love letter to this show and the idea that talking about health can be a huge change for people, we had a conversation about this very thing where it's like, hey, sometimes your PCP might not feel super comfortable giving you hormone therapy because they're not super trained in it. And after hearing that, I decided to reach out to Dr. John Smith, because what better men's health person to talk to than someone I've already <laughs> interviewed, you know? And uh, we got the test done, and sure enough, my, my levels were pretty low. They were under 300. We took both of them in the morning to make sure we were minimizing any other potential things that were going on, but... I had really low testosterone. Mitch, I love your story because your PCP is awesome. The fact that he took the time to go through all of those things with you and make sure that it's not something else. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of people's PCPs who um, won't take that time. Not that they don't have the time, but sometimes PCPs are overwhelmed. But you know, bless his heart for going through the, or her, uh, for going through the, uh, the time to get the blood work and make sure all those things are normal. Because I've found plenty of folks who come in who have 
thyroid issues or other issues that are causing their fatigue. So I just wanted to put a plug in for your PCP and and some kudos and a pat on the back for, you know, taking the time to really make sure uh, that they, they covered all their bases. I'm curious too, John, hearing this, what do you think happened with that blood test with the testosterone level with this PCP? Because it sounds like it was above 300. And then when you tested, it was well under 300. Do you think that was testosterone levels dropping over time or maybe just the way the PCP did the test or, or what's your take there? So I've had patients who've had three or four testosterone levels done. They'll have one that's in like the low 300s. And then the next one will be like, 240, and then they'll have one that's like 380. Um, and so it does vary based on diet, exercise, and, and some of those things that are going on. Uh, and we don't fully know 100% why, but it is variable. But most of the time, those people who are lower tend to be lower uh, on average. And so insurance requires two morning draw testosterones, and the AUA or the American Urologic Association has also kind of back that up of two morning draw testosterone that show a low level. And what if a patient's at like 320, you know, 300 is the lower limit. Is is it up to a doctor's discretion at that point based on symptoms or how does that work? Patients who are symptomatic in the low 300s, sometimes they do benefit from testosterone where their body does need to be a little bit higher in that normal range. And so taking the opportunity to try it. And like you said, some people it's, it's great and it works. And some people don't notice a huge benefit uh, when they, when when they are supplemented in the in that range. But sometimes it's worth a try, especially if you've tried other things, you've got other lab work and everything looks normal. Well, let's try it and see if we can benefit you and and you know help your fatigue and those other things. So it is kind of doctor discretion and having that conversation with your patient of, hey, this is kind of this may be very helpful and it may not. Let's find out and, and just see. You mentioned also insurance coverage. Does insurance require levels less than 300 to pay for the treatment? Usually they do want to see low levels of testosterone before they'll pay for treatment. A lot of them aren't sticklers. If you're like 330, 320, uh, and you have a second level that's like, you know, 289 or 301, they're usually pretty good about making sure that things are taken care of. However, that being said, um, certain forms of testosterone replacement are fairly inexpensive with discount programs like GoodRx and, you know, single care, some of these, you know, websites online that, that have kind of created relationships with pharmacies to give people discounts. So it's not this cost burden if if insurance did ever balk it and your your doctor was like, hey, I think you'd really benefit. So I have to ask you this, just because you, you kind of went that direction too. If someone's paying out of pocket, what does it cost? So injectable testosterone is by far the, the least expensive. And depending on what your dose is, you can you can get it for, you know, two or three months for 20, 25 bucks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's That's not this like killer expense. And then yeah. other forms of it, if you want to be fertility friendly and things like that, there's some other off-label uses for medications like clomiphene, which we've talked about, or clomid. And that, again, is is something that you're going to pay 20, 30 bucks for a few months worth of medication. So the cost burden is there, but 20, 30 bucks, if it changed you know, your energy level and a lot of those things is completely worth it. That's surprisingly inexpensive. As someone who's purchased over-the-counter omeprazole, I will say that's a whole lot less expensive than treating yourself for heartburn. So (laughs) I'm I'm surprised at how inexpensive that is. Yeah. So what was Mitch diagnosed with? Was it just low testosterone or is there a, a specific name for it? Or So the $500 word is hypogonadism. 
everyone else just says low T, um, but it's the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm going to choose low T. I know. Hypogonadism just, it just doesn't sound good. Low T works very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was surprised when Mitch told me what his particular treatment option was, because I'll get to my story in a bit. And I used a rub on cream, which I think is actually testosterone, right? But it wasn't testosterone that Mitch got. It was something else. So Mitch was put on a drug uh, called Clomid. And this drug stimulates the brain, the pituitary, to produce hormones. One is called luteinizing hormone. The other one is called follicle-stimulating hormone. And these two hormones stimulate the testicles to make testosterone and sperm. And in that way, we're able to alter the body's production of sperm and upregulate it. And so that's what the drug that Mitch had or has does. Now, the creams and the injections are giving exogenous testosterone into the body uh, and actually causes the body to kind of shut down its own production because we're giving the body this exogenous testosterone. And so that's kind of the difference between those two, uh, even though both of them are very beneficial for patients. So with the medication I'm on, like my body, my testicles are capable of producing testosterone, but for one reason or another, it wasn't making enough. And so we're now putting a drug into like jack those numbers up is that how it kind of works exactly okay. talking about the the clomid i don't know that we ever really talked about why mitch you know is on clomid versus exogenous testosterone mitch was that a decision you made kind of hearing side effects and what's involved in each one or or john is that typically first line treatment or what was that decision process so Dr. Smith was really, really good. We had a conversation, right? He talked through the different options and he said, hey, you know, these we some patients prefer this over this. Here's why. Here's blah, blah, blah. And so it was a, it was for me, at least it was a joint decision. And it sounded like for me, the Clomid were, was like the easiest entry point, right? See if my body can make the stuff anyway. And if it can, great. If not, we can try something else. And so okay. I and a pill taking like half a pill every other day, like is a whole lot easier for me than like getting injections or a magic cream or whatever. So I thought I would start with that first. Dr. Smith, um, does Clomid work for some men and not quite so well for others? Is, is, are there kind of some criteria that you would use to have that be the first thing? Or is that generally the first thing you try? So no, I, I usually have a conversation like Mitch said. I, I like to lay out the options because I feel like the more information the patient has, the better off they are. And some people prefer to take a pill versus giving themselves an injection versus having a cream. Each one of them has, you know, a plus and a minus to them. And so having that conversation, giving them the options, letting them know what is available and then what fits best for their lifestyle. Uh, that's how I like to do it personally. And, you know, Clomid may not work for some people because if the testicles of a certain individual are not able to produce sufficient testosterone, then the Clomid isn't going to help. No matter how much we stimulate the testicles, if they're unable to produce what we need them to produce, it's not going to make a difference. And so in certain individuals, that isn't an option that works. We'll try it and then they'll come back and their labs haven't changed. And they're like, well, what happened? And I said, well, your testicles just can't produce anymore. So you need to be on exogenous testosterone. We need to give you testosterone because you can't make your own. So those would be the people who Clomid would not work for. So um, is there anything else we need to cover about what Mitch is on? Should we just get to Mitch's results? Um, is there any, anything else to that part of the story, Mitch? And, you know, you no, went through this. 
No, not really. <laughs> okay. I got, I, got on a, well, I got on it. I got on a cheap pill and things got turned around. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. But like drastically, like, you know, th- the kind of drastic that we make fun of, like it's this yeah. silver bullet. You know, we, 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 we spent a lot of time, at least I felt like I did. Maybe Dr. Smith didn't. But upon reflection, I'm like, I wanted to communicate. This is not a silver bullet, right? You still have to do these other things and you should try these other things. But for you, it was kind of a silver bullet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was night and day. Like it took me about a week to notice anything. It was like, you know, so I show up to the pharmacy, I pay my like 30 bucks. I get this big pile of meds and I just start taking one. And after about a week, like that weekend, I woke up feeling like I had had the first full night's rest that I've had in years. Right. I just woke up and felt amazing. Right. And it kept going. I could keep having energy when I got done with work I actually like felt like I could do something in my evening like I could work out or go for a walk or do a hobby or something right rather than just crash in front of Netflix and order Grubhub you know and it wasn't just that it it, it, I was suddenly able to work out without feeling completely wrecked right it used to be I'd do a, a hard set at a gym or something like that and I would just it would drain the last bit of energy I had left in me right and so I just would crash and it just felt good right mentally mentally like I was I was able to be sharper I was able to focus on things this brain fog and overall physical fatigue that was going on completely disappeared and then on top of that I lost 25 pounds in a month like yeah that was the crazy part yeah after years after years of struggling with weight and doing everything I was supposed to and never seeing anything suddenly a month after getting on this medication, I lost all of it. It's slowed down now. I'm not continuing to lose all this weight, but it's like suddenly something suddenly f- fell into place and my body worked. And you lost and, weight and you also put on muscle mass too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But it, we don't know the exact number. <laughs> He's going to be honest about that. You're just downplaying that yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty ripped now. I am not ripped. but You probably no. are. I, I no. haven't seen you in, in, no. a, in a couple months. But this is this was how long ago? When did you first start the treatment? Uh, this summer, actually. So a couple months ago. So it's been a couple months and you're yeah. and, and and it's not like because that's what I wondered, too, with treatment. Is it like there's sort of this honeymoon phase where everything's great and you feel good and you lose weight? And then after a month, everything kind of levels off or maybe there's a little bit of a rebound. But it sounds sure. like in your case, everything's still good. Like things yeah. are going well. I mean, I'm not still losing like two, three pounds a week, but like right. I, I still have my energy. I still feel mentally sharp and good. And they're talking about maybe even minimizing and taking me off of some of my uh, mental health medication I've been on because wow. of how much better I'm doing. So, yeah, <laughs> big change. That's great. No, that's yeah. huge. And John, is that typical? Is Mitch's experience typical? I think Mitch is at the higher end of what people experience. I will say most people within the first year, uh, the testosterone like literature will tell you that you'll have a, a body mass change where you'll lose about two and a half kilograms of body fat and you'll increase lean muscle mass. So that is a that's something that you see uh, across the board. Uh, Mitch is probably someone who is in better shape than most of my patients. So folks who are a little bit more out of shape may not notice that muscle mass change as much as Mitch did because Mitch has done a, a very nice job of, you know, staying in shape and taking care of, of his body and being in a good body mass, uh, you know, 
to start, and that makes a huge difference for patients. Uh, but I would say Mitch is on the the higher end of of people who have done very very well and are very pleased with their their treatment. I would say overall, most people who get a benefit, they do maintain that energy improvement and things like that. On a caveat, if you have the desire to go to the gym, you're just too tired. Um, I can't, the testosterone isn't going to make you want to go to the gym, but if you had that inherently before and the fatigue was, was impacting you, once you get that energy back, you're going to want to go back to those things that you enjoyed, if that makes sense. Mitch also talked about how mentally he was feeling better. Is that common that the testosterone can help there? What do you think's going on with that, Dr. Smith? So there's, there is some debate on that, but the overall, when you have more energy, you feel better, you're able to go and do the things that you like to do. You have the energy to go do the things you like to do. Your mental health status changes. You feel better. Uh, and I think that just stands uh, to reason. Uh, people who get a good result from you know th hormone therapy of one reason or another, they tend to be happier. They tend to, to feel better uh, because when you feel better and you're able to go and be active and do things and have energy to do things, Overall, you do. You feel better. You're, you know, your overall things are just better. All right, Mitch. Now the dark side. Are there any oh, side sure. effects? <laughs> uh, okay. So the, I guess, but they're all testosterone related. It's not like the medication. It's like Dr. Smith was talking about earlier. It's, I'm, I used to have to shave maybe once every week and a half. Now I'm like shaving twice a week. So we'll see if I can like, yeah. Like a regular no, teen wolf. So, so yeah. wait a second. You used to only shave once every week and a half was this because yeah. of you wanted to grow out a beard and then you'd no. shave it off or no just... i just i couldn't grow any facial hair i just as okay. i've always been a little baby face yeah um so yeah i'm having to learn how to shave all over again and uh, more frequently Vin, um, Vin, to say more frequently is just twice a week though yeah okay but that's a significant change <laughs> yeah <laughs> right every week and a half yeah right um, I'm doing that. Uh, I got a little bit of acne on the body, um, stuff. I've been like zit free since I was 18, 19, and now I'm getting little bumps on my body every now and then, but nothing, a little bit of, uh, um, whatever little, little special acne stuff or whatever won't help. And, uh, after we chit chatted last time, I'm growing my hair out. I got this awesome mane going these days and, uh, I started to see it coming out in my comb. So uh, went to Dr. Smith, was like, hey, I think, I think I might be losing some of my hair. And he's got me on uh, Propecia. Haven't had any side effects with that. And uh, I guess that'll help control any hair loss that might be involved. So, But any of those changes, I would not trade for the world. Being a little hairier, a little zittier, and maybe <laughs> a little thinner in the hair. Like, I... I am fine. Like I, I would much prefer that than just being tired and miserable all the time. So, so you're gonna have like this this killer beard going on and and uh, shave your head, but you're gonna you're gonna feel good. But uh, yep, a hundred percent. Take it, take it. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. March of the Who Cares About Men's Health podcast, oh, no. Mountain we'll Man see. Mitch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've been looking for a name for you. I think we might have mm, had it no, there. Man, Thanks, Doctor Smith. I like Triple it. Triple M. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Are there other side effects that some guys would experience in addition to what Mitch is talking about? So those are very typical. So increased testosterone can uh, increase male pattern baldness. Uh, you can get some acne, uh, increased body hair, facial hair, uh, those types of things. Kind of like when you're going through puberty, uh, mm -hmm. some of those similar things when the testosterone levels uh, kind of raise like that. Um, we always watch the red blood cell count because it will stimulate that. Uh, 
um, testicular size changes uh, in the case of people who are on exogenous testosterone. It doesn't happen uh, with the Clomid like Mitch is on. Um, those are the big ones that most people uh, see. The medication that Mitch is on, the Clomid, some people will have uh, a little bit more of a moodiness or mood swings. Uh, they feel like they, they would, would cry during a Hallmark movie. Uh, kind of a thing like their emotions are a little bit closer to the surface. I, I had a guy literally tell me that one time. He said, I just, he's like, I feel great. He's just, I feel like I'm going to cry at a Hallmark movie. And I said, <laughs> okay, so your, your emotions are a little bit, you know, closer to the surface. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on. And so that's the biggest thing with Clomid that, that people tend to see. Uh, and then, yeah, but that's pretty typical. So after hearing Mitch's story, I got curious about testosterone again myself because I feel like I kind of have the same things. Like I feel like I've been exercising and, and doing the right things, but losing body fat is difficult. I feel like I kind of have low energy and some of those things. I had tried testosterone before, back around 2010, so 13 years ago. I had just turned 40, um, and it really didn't work for me. So I thought, well, I'll get my levels tested again and see how they look. And my levels came back right in the middle, like it's 650. That's about as average as you can get, right, Dr. Smith? Because I am the most average man on the face of the earth. You ask me my <laughs> skills and ability in anything, and it's going to be average. Anyway, with that number, I made the assumption that testosterone therapy is really not going to help me. That, that, would that be a good assumption to make, that that's probably not the issue? Yes, if you're okay, asking yeah. me the question, I would say yes, because yeah, yeah. if you're in the normal range, there's not a lot of benefit to be had. Now, some people may disagree, but I look at you have a certain number of receptors for testosterone. And if you think about it like a parking lot, if you have 600 parking spaces in 1400 cars, it really doesn't matter um, how many you know parking spaces you have. You're not going to be able to fit all the cars. And so with a normal testosterone in a normal range, you're going to be saturating those parking spaces, aka those receptors with that the testosterone interacts with. And so the benefit ratio of taking someone with low testosterone where there's too many open parking spaces, so to speak, to someone who's got almost all the parking spaces full all the time, you can see how the benefit uh, would, would be there or wouldn't be there. And so normal testosterone adding more doesn't necessarily improve things. So I'm going to say, first of all, you have the best analogies of any of our guests ever. <laughs> Every single episode, you just nail it with an analogy. That was yeah. awesome. Parking space. That makes perfect sense. That was sense. fantastic. So I'm going to try to keep my story short when I tried testosterone for the first time. And I tried it for a couple of years and really didn't notice any benefits. And there was it was a lot more hassle than it was worth. So I had just turned 40 and I was working at a place and there was this guy that he was really super muscular and he was younger and he's like, oh man, as soon as I tune 30, I'm going to go to the doctor and get testosterone therapy, right? Because he is under this impression that you start losing testosterone, you know, as you get older, which is true. Um, so like, you know, and then you see the ads in the media and uh, there again, this seems to be recurring in my life, low energy. Um, I've always wanted to put on muscle and I've always diffi uh, found it difficult even when I weight train. Losing the fat is difficult, even when I feel as though I'm doing things right. So I had another friend who started testosterone, had some uh, results like Mitch, like, right, it gave him this energy and drive again. So he referred me to this particular doctor. I got the test. They got the levels. Um, they put me on the cream. I did that for a couple of years. After a few months, they ended up putting me on some pills to balance the hormones that the testosterone cream was causing. And I also didn't like the fact that since I was using the cream, I had to be really careful. My spouse didn't get near it. And I really wasn't noticing any difference. 
So I just ultimately kind of ended up quitting that. Fast forward to the last episode we did, I thought, wow, I wonder if I could go back and pull those old labs and see what my testosterone levels were. And even back then, they were around 600 and 650. So what this physician and I were trying to do is we were trying to optimize, like, right, get at that upper level, thinking that that's going to make me feel even better. And after learning from you, Dr. Smith, and your awesome parking space analogy, it makes total sense why that didn't help me. So in that case, testosterone really wasn't the solution for, you know, my problems or my perceived problems of energy and, and whatnot. So in a way, I'm kind of jealous of Mitch, but also in a way, I'm glad to know that everything's okay. And, and maybe now I can kind of like be a little bit more honest with myself. You know, am I going to bed at a, a decent time? Am I eating the way I need to be eating? Am I getting enough calories? Are, could there be some other reasons why, you know, I feel like I'm tired or is it just my perception? So that was my story, which is very drastically different from Mitch's, but I think it really illustrates that if you don't need it, getting more is not going to necessarily help. So did you have any response to the treatment? Like, did you feel anything other than just kind of the same? No, not really. Like, I think, at, okay. I think at first I kind of thought maybe I did. Sure. Um, but that could have been, again, that could have been the placebo effect. Sure. You know, I, I don't know. Ultimately, I didn't notice a whole lot of difference over the long term. And, and that, in combination with the downsides, is kind of why I just decided to stop. Sure. And, and Scott, that's been a little while ago. Have you had your levels rechecked recently? Yeah, I just had them rechecked after Mitch um, had such success with his treatment and found that they're just dead in the middle. That's they're at still, 650 level. Yeah. Still, so, okay. So it's still 650. I, yeah, maybe yeah. I missed that. So yeah, because you were 650 years ago and just everything has stayed exactly the same. Clearly no benefit for you to go on testosterone at this point. Yeah. So what was the difference there between my experience and Mitch's experience, Dr. Smith? Do you have any more insight to that? So we kind of talked about this a little earlier. You know, Mitch had low testosterone, so adding more cars to the parking lot made sense. For you, you could make the argument that you may have even changed the the cars in the parking lot initially because when you start testosterone, your body's going to shut down your production. And so you're really just keeping yourself at that same level. Uh, and I don't know what your labs looked like if they rechecked your labs and things, but I've had people who've come into me from other uh, outside places who've said, yeah, I've been on testosterone for about a year and a half and they bring me their original labs and they're kind of like yours. They're kind of in the middle of the range, 550, 600. And I look at their, their numbers on testosterone and they're like 720. And so really they, they didn't do a whole lot other than shut down their body's native production. Yeah. Now I've had some people come in who were just being dosed up very, very high, who their testosterone levels were off the charts. Uh, and some of them said, oh, I, I feel great. Uh, and some of that I'm, I'm guessing is placebo. But I've, I've had some patients who at a higher range, they do say they feel better. Um, and I don't know that it's all placebo. Uh, and so, you know, there could be some benefit to that. But being in the normal range, you're not going to get a ton of benefit. And so I think that's really where we look at it. And we say there's, there's not a whole lot more that you need to do. And I would say that some of the patients I have that come in, they'll get sent by their primary doctor after they've had a couple of testosterone tests that are in the normal range. And they'll come in and I'll look at them and they may be, you know, their body habitus may be larger. Uh, you know, they, you know, I'll ask them questions like, do you snore? Because I've diagnosed plenty of folks with sleep apnea where they mm, get that sure. treated and they feel like a million dollars and it wasn't their testosterone. It's that they were waking up 30 times a night because they were having 
sleep apnea events during the night, you know, things like that, that I've seen and, and kind of, you have to ask the questions around to get to the, to the answer for some of those folks. Um, you know, some people may be on extreme diets, trying, trying to lose weight and they're like, I'm just tired. And I'm like, yeah, you're eating 500 calories a day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know wh why you would be tired, you know, <laughs> things, things like that going on where you got to ask the questions because you'll get to the answer. Hey, well, if you start eating 1200 calories, or 1500 calories, you'll probably have more energy because your body is not going to try to store everything thinking that it's never going to eat again. <laughs> sure. You know, and so some of those things I, I see um, in kind of folks where uh, they have symptoms, but their testosterone's in that middle of the road, uh, kind of like yours was, Scott. Just speaking of levels, I, I, I know we're talking about you, Scott, but I, I got to bring it back to Mitch. Mitch, do you know what your level is now? Uh, it's in the 700s. 700s, okay. Yeah. Oh. So he's not through the roof, but he's no. you know, pushing towards the, the upper end of the normal range. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, I feel completely great with my decision now in retrospect, because I think, you know, being on it could cause more problems for me when I didn't have a problem to begin with, you know, right? Because there are downsides. Doesn't your body kind of stop making it if, if you're putting cream on long enough? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Any take home messages? Uh, what are the take home messages here, Troy? What do you what do you think? What did you get out of this episode? Uh, my take home message from all this is, yeah, if you're experiencing something like Mitch experienced, it makes sense to get your testosterone level checked. And it also makes sense to pursue treatment when treatment will work. And if the parking spaces are full, there's no point in putting more cars in the parking lot. That's my takeaway. <laughs> right. That's right. a good one. How about you, Mitch? Oh, I think the big one for me is like, to talk to each other about health, you know, like I would not have been on this kind of like journey. I would have not advocated for myself. I would not have sought out a second opinion had I not talked to other men on this podcast and in my life about testosterone, about their experience with it, et cetera. Like I would not be where I am today or thinking about my health the way it was if I did not talk to other men about my health. Dr. Smith, do you have something that you'd like to throw out as a take home message? I, I love it. I'm I'm super happy for Mitch. And I'm also happy that you were able to kind of find your way. And I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier about being an advocate. I think, it, you know, I tell patients all the time, I get to see you for 15 minutes and, and you know your body a heck of a lot better than I do. And so if you think something is wrong, like Mitch, you know, was like, there's just something missing here. And what is it? Being an advocate for yourself and finding someone to have that conversation with. Uh, about these things because it can make the difference or it may not make the difference, but at least you'll understand the reason why and you can then make the informed decision of which way to go. So I think that for me was the take home of you guys both did that in your own way, uh, even though you ended up in two different, two different places. And those gentlemen are the two tales of tea today on who cares about men's health. Great conversation. Guys, as always, it's a pleasure to get together and talk about men's health. Dr. Smith, it's great having you on the show. Thank you for uh, listening, and thank you for caring about men's health. Take care.